episode 121 of the Pilot the Pilot podcast takes off now. My name is Antonina Shevchenko, and um, I'm private pilot, and uh, I'm UFC fighter, martial artist all my life, and um, very love aviation. Aviation, what is going on? And welcome back to the Pilot the Pilot podcast. My name is Justin Seams, and I am your host. Today's episode is a big one. It is with UFC fighter. That's right. I said UFC fighter, Antonina Pantera. She just had a fight maybe a week or two ago. Uh, she's my new favorite UFC fighter. She should be yours as well. But she comes on here today to talk about flying, to talk about why she got involved with aviation, where the original love came from. Uh, it's a great story. It's one that I was really honored to have her on and share. And it just goes to show aviation is almost like a universal language. Everyone can love aviation. We all have something in common. We have aviation. It even goes to show people who are afraid to fly, who thought turbulence was too bad. They come in, they fly, and they find it, and they love it. So it is crazy how far aviation can go and how it's, like I said, the universal language. doesn't matter what color you are, what you believe in. If you love aviation, then we all have something in common. We can all talk about something and, and be civil with each other. But aviation, also some big news. We are crossing 1 million downloads. It probably happened as soon as you're listening to this right now. Yeah, that's right. At like a minute and 35 seconds, it's going to happen. <laughs> but we crossed 1 million total downloads. That is incredible. I just am truly, truly honored and grateful for you all listening, sharing, and just sharing this with everyone that you shared it with. This has grown into something I never thought it would ever grow to. And I hope to continue to grow it and hope to continue to, to keep you listening, keep you entertained and inspired. So thank you so much for that. But uh, I want to get started with this episode. So without any further ado, here is Antonina Pantera. Antonina, what is going on? Welcome to the Pilot the Pilot podcast. Uh, hi, Justin. I'm very glad to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah, I'm really excited to talk with you. Uh, Pilot Annie put us in contact. And I'm very thankful for that. I recorded her and uh, had her episode on a couple of weeks, or last week, actually. So I'm glad she was able to make the introduction. And I know you're really busy training for a fight right now. So I appreciate you taking the time to uh, come on here. Oh, yes, sure. Um, yeah, um, now I have my fight in two weeks um, and uh, I hope it will happen. And um, because recently there there was some changes in dates and everything. So I was on training camp preparing for this fight. And now I will will just in two weeks and flying a very little actually <laughs> because of this. Yeah. It's. Uh, I actually wanted to. So, it, how hard is it on um, on an athlete that operates at such a, a high level to go through a training camp with an unknown? Like, hey, this could get pushed back. Does that affect the way you train or how hard you train throughout the whole thing? Yes, exactly. Because um, uh, we usually have uh, like training camp for the date, and we have scheduled our trainings um, because of intensity, techniques, and. All of this, it's very planned. Um, and then the, the date is changed and it was changed like several times. And I'm about five months on training camp. <laughs> but uh, what this time I was trying to do, uh, I uh, on Sundays and on days when I don't have uh, trainings, like very intense trainings, I 
tried to to fly. So I um, I, I went. Uh, I did my cross country flying. I was standing my. Uh, I I start my IFR rating now. Yeah. And I was doing this study, so I feel like like this last three months, I um, uh, I logged some uh, cross PIC cross country uh, time in my logbook. Is it is good? And I also like moved on my IFR knowledge test. <laughs> it is good also. So even the the fight didn't happen and the day that we expected, but I have. Some things done, and um, I will be ready for the any date because uh, it happens like now. It's very unclear situation. That's why we have to be ready for any date. Absolutely, and that's really interesting that you or that's awesome that you're taking the time. Some not necessarily downtime, but you're taking the time right now to go uh, to go fly. And it sounds like it could be a little bit of a stress reliever almost for you to go up and go in the air and and just kind of be by yourself and go fly. <laughs> Exactly. It is uh, very stressful. And especially, for example, when I uh, just started my training camp and training was not like very hard. And actually, the diet was like, was not very hard. That was the time when I was flying like more frequently. But now two weeks away, I feel like I have to go down with my weight. I have to keep my diet. I I, I don't eat very well or eat very little. And um, I feel like, and it's so hot now in Las Vegas because I live in Las Vegas and I'm flying here and it started to be so hot um, during the day. Uh, And every flight that I do, it's kind of, you have to prepare for it. It's just, uh, it's not like very relaxing or something because every time happens something. <laughs> That's why um, like more close to the fight, more intense my training and less flying for me. Yeah, absolutely. I kind of want to talk a little bit about uh, kind of just where you, like you're growing up, your story at all. Did you love aviation from a young age? Was it something you always wanted to do or was it something that kind of developed later in your in your life? You know, um, from my early age, from um, year seven, uh, I I started to be martial artist. My mom um, took me and my sister and um, put me on this way of martial arts. And I was sports, like an athlete now more than 20 years. And I'm all my life in this in professional like sport. And uh, of course, we had many travels uh, and we are like we were in all this uh, like uh, like passenger uh, flights um, all the time, and of course all 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 the time I was like very amazed with this flying. How can pe- people fly these airplanes? And how uh, to see uh, from from the sky? You know the Earth. Um, it it just very very like inspired me and I was um, I I wanted to do this by myself one day, <laughs> but actually I was um, I was very very focused on my professional athlete career, and I think um, um, I grew up uh, I grew up and I was born in Kyrgyzstan. It's a Central Asian country. Um, I'm Russian by nationality, but um, like. About five years ago, we moved here in U.S. and um, I think I I started here like a lot more possibility to to um, 
to study flying. And I think uh, this is the time came and I just one day I I decided, no, I have to, to learn this. And I just went to flight school and this, <laughs> yes, I just did it. That's cool. Uh- would it have been possible for you to, to become a pilot in your home country? Is it very common for, for people to, is there general aviation? Is there, do people get their licenses outside of the military where you're from normally? Or how does it usually, how would it have worked back home if you wanted to be a pilot? Uh, you know, of course, um, there are not, uh, um, it's not uh, flight schools in my country. So you have to do this um, kind of a college when you have to study uh, like a college, like with other um, sciences and to do this as your career. So you cannot do this like in flight school. In the time you, when you have time, you can do it. If you don't have time, you just postpone it, kind of like free time. And of course, here in the United States and uh, here in Las Vegas, in every airport, there are different flight schools and a lot of possibilities like to do it on free time when you have time to do it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, if you didn't make the move to the United States, do you think you would have been able to become a pilot or do you think you would have just focused on martial arts and uh, being a pro? I think eventually I would do it. Yes, it would be a little bit harder um, than here because here just, you know, uh, infrastructure for airplanes and for flying is just the best, I think. What I I'm not really uh, aware how it's in Russia because in Russia it's different country, but um, um, it's of course it's better than in Kyrgyzstan. But I was not flying in Russia. Uh, I I hope to do this one one day uh, to go to Russia and fly there also. But now I was uh, studying here in the United States. I learned all regulations and all rules how fly here and I know how people fly just here in States. Yeah, that's really cool though. I mean, that's really, was it, a, was it intimidating for you to come over here? And uh, obviously English is your second language. You're coming here and you got to learn how to fly. You got to learn kind of all the regulations and you're kind of uh, getting used to the American culture too, all at the same time. Was it, was all that hard all at once? It was hard. Yes. Uh, because you know, all, uh, yes, as you said, uh, English, my second language. And um, it was hard to read books on English, especially with all these terms like uh, cumulonimbus clouds and uh, pendulous veins or something like this, you know. <laughs> so uh, every word I, ha- I had to translate. I had to translate and uh, study and learn much more words than I use on my like normal life, like English words in normal life. And uh, of course I did it, it, it and it was very slowly. <laughs> for, and uh, one day when um, we started to prepare for my check, right, and everything my fl- with my flight instructor, he brought me this, uh, and actually it was earlier, but uh, for check, when I was preparing for check, right, it was already, I have to study this book, Far Aim, and it it was just scary. <laughs> it's already boring as is. <laughs> um, it was so difficult to read it in my flight. Okay, Antonina, um, 
open this uh, like this part, this page, and read it. And be like, oh my god, oh my god. <laughs> I thought uh, I was thinking I I know English, I, I can read and understand English, but but when I started to read this book, it was very difficult. You're not the only one. For someone who <laughs> me being born in the United States, I read that book and I'm like, what is, what is going on right now? It puts me to sleep pretty quickly too. I don't know if you had that same thing. <laughs> no, no, you know because. Uh, after this, uh, I understood that if I want to pass my check, right, I have to work with this book. And, you know, I very like, I, I, I used for my study also books of uh, Rod Machado. And uh, I like his books. He explained everything. And uh, I learned airspace just thanks to his books. Uh, and uh, on, on one of the chapters, he said that um, far aim, it's a uh, Pilot's Bible, and I said, "Oh my God, what a shame! I I didn't re- even read this Pilot's Bible. What a shame for me! I want to be a pilot. I want to be a pilot, and I didn't read the Bible." That's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> so I opened the book and I started work with it. I started to put my, you know, my notes and everything and everything. So. <laughs> it it, be, it it became not so scary for me now, but I feel for. My IFR rating, I will have to open it again. <laughs> yeah, definitely. You're definitely being there a little bit <laughs> in the future and, and some other books as well. The good thing is you already have an understanding of how everything does work and you're going to be learning kind of a, it's almost like learning a new language going into your IFR rating with the, just how everything operates. So you're going to find yourself reaching out for a lot of new materials to, to figure it all out. And that's that's normal. It's just, just kind of how you're going to figure out how to learn and make it happen, which, but I have all faith that you're going to be able to do it for sure. <laughs> exactly. And actually, I um, yesterday I saw this Annie. I, Annie did... Um, mm, Instagram live with um, other pilot and they were talking about this IFR rating also because he was already preparing for his check right and um, he was repeating the same that we all know that like you have to study 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 and me like oh my god I'm studying for IFR rating uh, to study my online ground school I started in January and, and I'm still on it <laughs> and I'm like it's so, so a lot of things to study and it's so slow. And even I'm, I'm trying to study, not maybe every day, but even like frequently, but it's very, a lot of things to, to learn. When I was going through my training, it almost felt like it was like, I could never figure it out. Like I was always confused on something. Just one day though, all of a sudden I was up flying and I just had this like huge, like aha moment where everything clicked and it just made sense. Uh, okay. I, I feel like with instrument, with a lot of students and a lot of people I've talked to, they've all said the same thing. Like it almost just seems like you can't, you're always behind the airplane. You're always behind in some way, but eventually with repetition, with more practice and keep doing it, you will eventually understand it. And then you just have this one moment where everything you're like, oh my gosh, I understand. I get this now. It's like, uh, it's really, it, it happens for most people. So I'll be interested to see when, when that moment does happen, but don't be alarmed if it takes a long time for that to happen. Cause for me, it took a while too. Like I had to read tons and tons of books. I had to try other books and try other YouTube videos because what worked for someone else didn't necessarily work for me. So it's definitely, it's definitely a process getting your IFR done. <laughs> okay. So yeah, I understand. Yeah. I have to just keep working and keep doing it. 
because if if other people did it, I will do it. Oh, absolutely! Also. <laughs> you, you have all the faith in the world that you'll be able to do it. Trust me. Yeah, you can do it. One hundred percent. Um, I think it's really interesting that you are obviously this amazing athlete and you have been working on this craft for so long. But UFC fighting, uh, just fighting in general, I feel like is, is a foreign sport for a lot of people. Like it's like people watch it and they understand it. But how does one even get started in fighting? How does that like you said your mom got you in it? I feel like most moms over here in the States would be <laughs> like, whoa, 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 I don't want you to fight. But like, how did that process happen? How did you even get into fighting? Uh, yes, actually, my mom, um, she she's martial artist. So she was um, now uh, now she's black belt, uh, third dan in Taekwondo. She's president of Kyrgyzstan Muay Thai Federation. Uh, she was doing martial arts and she was competing by herself. And that's why uh, she has two daughters like me and my sister. And uh, she wanted to ask her daughters to, to do the same because she understood that martial arts is martial arts it's like real way it's very interesting way uh to do it it's a hard way of course but it's very interesting and she wanted to ask your daughter to do the same be in martial arts to do this best to be i don't know world champions and um, just to dedicate our life to this and um, that's how it happened when I was seven, when my sister was five, and she brought first me to the gym of our coach, Paul Fedotov, with him, we trained before now, and he's a pilot also now. No way, that's so cool. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, um, and since then, we are, we are in sports, and it was like from, from the beginning. Uh, so my mom and, of course, our coach, my coach, they, um, from early age, they educate us um, about things in life, about martial arts. Uh, they um, gave us in some interesting way that we could, uh, like, get in love also in this path in martial arts. And uh, since then, I don't know when I was probably... Uh, the training was hard, of course. And when you are a little girl, um, you kind of don't understand that you. It's better for you to do this because it will it will be paid off like later. And uh, I had just hard trainings, and um, you know sometimes I didn't want to keep going because it was hard. And some competition I had like broken nose or broken lips, something like this. But um, I am very grateful to my mom and my coach that they could, I don't know, to keep me uh, in this. Uh, and um, someday, like about age 12, I already understood that I love it. I want to do it. And I want to be I want to be a world champion. And uh, this will be my life. And I'm very, very grateful to my mom uh, for, for her uh, to uh, to to keep me there and um, now I'm here in UFC and I already won my several world, uh, world titles and I have really, really interesting life because of this, like travels and, uh, you know, competition, preparation, fighting and it's exciting. It's very interesting. It def- no, it definitely is. It's very impressive. It's inter- interesting. It's exciting. It's everything you could ever imagine. Uh, so when would you say you actually, you said at 12, you fell in love with, with fighting with the sport. 
is that the same age where you kind of bought all in and you were like, all right, I can do this as a profession. I'm good enough to do this. Or did you know at seven when you first started that you were, you probably had a career in this? Uh, you know, when I was a little girl, like young girl, uh, you kind of didn't understand very much because, uh, you know, kids, they want to play and they want just, <laughs> I don't know, they don't want to, to train hard. They don't want to study and everything else. So their parents, they have to explain them and make sure they are studying and they are training because um, kids they will not, they're not like responsible people, you know, <laughs> because they, they're still kids. They, they don't understand things. They, they don't understand. They don't have experience. So, um, yeah. And I, I was not sure it will be my, prof my professional career or something, but, um, so my mom and my coach, they kind of explain me the way. And from the early age, I already understood. I was, uh, all, all the time very frequently competing in some competition we started to like first it was there was like national champions championships then international championships then we went different countries and i already knew i will be in this i already uh started to feel this you know i i wanted to to take first place i wanted to win and i wanted to be better and better and this with the way, uh, so I started, I wanted to be world champion and yeah. So I think it was like very natural process when I, <laughs> no, <it sounds laughs> when like I already it. understood that, yes, I want to do this. How old were you when you realized that you could pretty much fight and beat up anyone you ever meet? <laughs> like anyone, <laughs> I, like any guy, any girl, whatever, you knew that they're no match for you. Was there like an age where you, you felt so comfortable with your fighting skills that it wasn't an issue anymore? Or no, it doesn't happen like this. You're never like, you know, uh, sure in your fight skills because, because in fighting, that's why I love, um, I love martial arts because it's, this is, in, that's why I love flying because martial arts and flying, these are real things. You, you, you know, when in martial arts on in fighting, once you think, okay, I'm world champion, I'm very skillful and I'm very, you know, I'm, I can beat, uh, uh, my opponents and everything else that then appears some opponent and <laughs> you have just really hard sparring <laughs> because you know one, one, once you think uh you are good and you can you know you i'm good you think like this that's why it affects your training you start pushing less and you know but somebody is pushing uh, more than you and it, eventually you you beat meet the opponent opponent who will show you that you are probably not the best you know oh, i 100% agree with that i i played i mean i'm not a professional fighter i'm not a professional but i played football at ohio state which is a, a relatively high level and they would always tell us that like you you either getting better or you're not there's no in between there's no real maintaining because there's always someone below you that's coming exactly. after you that is getting better. And you can relate that to flying too, because you need to get better. As soon as you kind of like relax and take take a day off or not necessarily take a day off, but don't kind of prepare yourself for the flight, that's when things go wrong and you're not going to be at exactly. your best, you know? So th there's definitely a, a tie-in between those two for sure. Yes, yes, yeah, I totally agree. And, you know, especially uh, my sister, so 
um, we are both uh, in martial arts and she's also UFC fighter more. She's a UFC champion. And uh, yeah, she's a very great fighter and she is the best. And uh, of course, I train with her every day. And that's, you know, she's uh, showing me that I have to be better and better and better in some things. <laughs> and this is about uh, my uh, martial arts uh, career, but about flying, this is the same. You know, I received my private pilot license. And once I had this license in my hand, I said, okay, now I'm private pilot. I'm, I get this license and now I, I will go and fly and everything will be cool. And then first, my cross-country flight, you know, it was very nervous and happened something, some some, some problems, not problems, some issues with tower. And uh, um, on the other side, when I went to uncontrolled airfield, it was also many airplanes and I was kind of, it was difficult procedure for me. <laughs> so so I came back and I thought, oh my God, I'm private pilot, but I... I I still have too much work to do. <laughs> Everyone has that kind of moment where they realize like, all right, I'm a pilot, but I still like either that's a better pilot than me or you kind of scare yourself a little bit or you have a moment where you just realize I still need to work just because I have these licenses, ratings. I need to keep up with them. I need to keep flying and want to keep being a better pilot. So it's interesting that that happened on your, <laughs> on the cross country, but it's a very true mindset that people have. Exactly. And actually, after receiving private pilot license, you kind of uh, was preparing for your check, right? You give your check, right? But now after receiving your license, the real life begins. <laughs> so uh, actually, when uh, we were flying um, on flight school, uh, we were flying on our practice airport, like here uh, not close of Las Vegas Jean Airport and it was uh, airport for other flight uh, for st other uh, student pilots uh, so this was airport where all student pilots tra trainings and they trained uh, and did their um, traffic patterns and everything else but when I started to fly different airports or so different airplanes uh, I start uh, to meet different airplanes, like, and I didn't know, I know, you know, I I supposed to know name of airplanes, but I didn't know them. So one once I was on traffic pattern with uh, King Air, he said, "Okay, King Air on traffic pattern," and I didn't, <laughs> I didn't know what was uh, how how big King Air is and how fast he is. So okay, I'm flying my traffic pattern. He's 13 miles away. And once I'm on final and I'm, I'm announcing I'm on final and he said, okay, I'm on three miles final. And, you know, oh my God, he's three miles final. He's really fast. I'm better get out of his way. And I was, I just went around and everything else. So now I knew, I know, I, uh, then I Googled what is King Air, what is our, our uh, other airplanes, like big airplanes to know them. <laughs> yeah, to understand, to understand how much understand faster they are. Fast, yeah, yes. I, I had a similar story with a Falcon jet. A Falcon jet, it was actually Chick-fil-A's Falcon jet. And they cut me off in the pattern. They turned final within like a mile in front of us. They didn't talk on the radio either, which is what was weird. But I was very similar with you too. I didn't know my types, the aircraft types very well. Like I had an idea of what a King Air was and I thought it might be faster. But 
all my friends were like, oh, that's a citation. That's a challenger. I'm like, what is a challenger? So I had to look all that stuff up too, just because I was, it was so foreign to me and I had no idea. Yeah, the same me. But I, I, I now, you know, I in the airport, I uh, found and um, I think it was a um, trader plane or controllers uh, like magazine with um, all airplanes they have for selling. And it's very, very, very big uh, magazine. So I started just to look it, and uh, they have pictures of airplanes. <laughs> so I started to look this picture of uh, airplanes and their names. Oh, you know, c- kind of understand better. But what what other airplanes I can meet on my traffic pattern? <laughs> I love it. You sound like you're you're the type of person that when they are they are in a situation where they don't know, you really want to dig in and understand. So I think that that flying and you're going to be an exceptional pilot and you probably are a really good pilot because you have that 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 want to learn, the want to be the best in what you do and kind of if you make a mistake you probably want to fix it and make sure you never make that mistake again. Is that about right? Uh, yes, because actually with this um uh airplanes like King Air Citation, I had uh, two two times this situation. <laughs> That's why I said, okay, I don't want a third time. I don't need it. <laughs> <laughs> Happened twice, the third time, not again. It will not happen. <laughs> exactly, yeah, exactly. Good. And uh, uh, it, it's interesting how um, some situation finds you, they find you in the air. So these two situations I had with this big airplane that showed me that I have to study uh, other airplanes. And also, you know, uh, while I was studying for private pilot we kind of studied this crosswind technique uh landings but um we we didn't fly in good good crosswinds um in strong cross in strong winds and once i became private pilot and i started um now in las vegas uh, like this may april it's kind of windy and uh, i wanted to fly and I understand that I didn't fly in in really windy conditions and I kind of was avoiding them. But uh, whether once I was um, coming back to the airport and uh, the winds, they are supposed to come just after 2 p.m., but they came earlier. (laughs) So I was coming back um, and winds were gusting to 20 and I was thinking, 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 and I had like other airport to to go, and I circled, I circled, and, and I thought what to do, what to do, and I decided just I, I checked the weather in other airport, and it was better, and I went to different airport. So I did. I, I didn't go to this situation, but other day happened the same. So I thought. Okay, why it's happening with me a second time? So maybe I have to <laughs> land crosswind that. And it was casting to 25, but uh, the, ang- uh, the angle was not very big. So cro- crosswind component, like I calculated it later, was about 12. But, um, you know, um, I just, I said, okay, I have to do it. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I mean, eventually you do, yeah. <laughs> You bring up a good point where when you're in your training, especially a private pilot license, a lot of times you don't get the best training for crosswinds because 
they don't really want you have limitations on your cross and especially going up by yourself so then once you finally mm-hmm. have your private pilot rating you're going up and the winds you can do whatever you want you can fly whenever you want whenever you deem safe and so you go up and you have this big cross when you're like oh wait i haven't done this before i need to i want to do so i don't want to be here right now you know you kind of have that feeling and eventually you kind of feel it out and feel how comfortable you get and the more practice you get the better you get with it so it, it's definitely a thing just like your ifr it's going to take a little bit of practice but you'll you'll get used to it and you'll know where you're comfortable with with a certain types of winds you might scare yourself once or twice with some <laughs> with some big winds but you'll you'll definitely get it down for sure okay okay i am i'm already prepared because i heard from every single person that i fired the the hardest rating to receive the hardest um flight uh, to learn so <laughs> i'm already preparing myself absolutely which is good that is definitely good that's some good advice <laughs> to get when you when you so you came to the states five years ago right Yes. When, how quickly did you, did you start flying? Did you, did you know when you came to the States that you wanted to be a pilot and go after it or did it take some convincing afterwards or, (laughs) so what was the process like actually coming here and learning how to fly? Um, you know, first, um, my coach started to, uh, we, we still lived in Houston and he started, uh, he went to flight school and he started to fly and we like, and I was on the same on training camp, preparing for some competition and something like this. And he was flying and me like, so you did today take off by yourself and you, and he's yes. And after some time you landed the airplane by yourself today. Right. And he's yes. And me like, I can't believe, I don't believe you, you did it. <laughs> and he, yes, yes, I, I do it. And me like, okay. And, you know, it, it, times, uh, uh, just time pass because first you're preparing for competition. Then you have to do some, re- you do some rest, some travels. Uh, we give we also some seminars, some travels. And always things, uh, always there are things to do. And it's always like, okay, I have to start, but when fight uh, will be over. When fight is over, it appears things to do something else. And I just said, okay, yeah, no way. <laughs> I want to do it and I want to go this. Um, and I just went to flight school and little by little, I, I did actually about my dis- my discovery flight and the girl, the manager who who was in flight school, she said, okay, and Danina, you, you do your discovery flight and you will understand if you want to do this or no. And then you decide um, and we will schedule flights for you. And I already knew I want to do this, but um, this first flight in small airplane just had very, very, very impressed me. I, I was kind of in shock. But once we took off, and I, I saw it in uh, my instructor from the beginning. He like, okay, take the yoke. And I took the yoke. Of course, he was flying by yourself. I didn't, uh, I didn't do anything, but I felt like I did it. He's like, okay, push the yoke, push the yoke. And I was doing something, but he was doing, of course, everything. But push the yoke, push the yoke, and airplane just took off. And he's like, okay, like... Uh, uh, Stay on this, like this uh, pitch attitude, just keep pushing. And I was keep pushing and airplane took off. And I saw this all mountains around and it, it was just amazing. And 
I came back from this flight and I said, okay, schedule for me tomorrow after tomorrow and day after tomorrow and every day on Civic. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, but uh, after this, I had also the flight. We traveled to Thailand. I didn't fly like two months. I came back and just continue my flying. And little by little, I just, uh, I received my license yeah that's that's incredible that's a really cool story um when, when you're doing your 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 traveling and you're you're like so obviously you're, you're training for a fight is it and you're you're in a good spot where your coach will also wanted to be a pilot too so he's somewhat understanding but did you get any kind of uh, negative feedback from maybe your 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 close ones your family your relatives your trainers your coaches be like hey you can't be flying you got to be training 100 percent. or like no go do this like take a take an hour or two off and then come back Oh, uh, no, no, I, I didn't have this. Uh, so because I understand for when I'm preparing for the flight, it's all, all by myself. So um, like my decision, if I can do flying um, and it will not affect my training, I, I'm totally okay. But um, on some point, um, I started to feel that it's difficult for me because um, I'm tired on the training then i go uh, after the training i went to uh, fly uh, i went to fly and um, you know i felt like on flying it's it's still stressful you know all this radio calls and all this i don't know everything <laughs> it's so stressful. i was even tired and i felt that i cannot i could not um maybe perform as well on my flight but I was pushing myself, pushing myself. But after this, um, I didn't perform good on my trainings and I had fight coming up. And um, I just by myself decided that, okay, I probably will not fly this time. Even I want, even I miss, even I, you know, every time I'm looking on Instagram, I see people flying and I was so sad. <laughs> but I was talking to myself, okay, Antonina, it's just time to, to work on your training. You train, 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 and after you can fly. <laughs> now, my, I, now I feel the same i'm i want to, to fly for example tomorrow because it's sunday it's one one day off i have during the week um so i probably will go if the weather is good because i i, I just want want to go <laughs> it's it's funny you bring that up because flying when you're in your training specifically might not be the most fun. Like it gets hard. It gets stressful. It gets, it's not a good way for you to kind of decompress and to go enjoy, especially when you're in a very, very strict and intense training camp. It's, it's adding more stress to your body and probably not helping you recover at all. It's probably actually making it worse. So it definitely came to the time where you had to make that decision to, to give it up for a little bit, but it's there when you come back. So you, you come back, you go to Thailand and you come back and you're training. Did you find it hard going, taking two months off then getting back into it? Or you're like, all right, I have, or you kind of relieved that you had the training was over with and you could just focus on flying. Oh, you know, it definitely was harder to come back after two months. Like, because, um, I think when you are pilot and you have like thousand hours, maybe for you two months, it's not really a, the case but for somebody who is student pilot two months is just forever <laughs> without not flying you come back and kind of starting from the beginning not the beginning but even you have to start you have to remember things uh, start to remember and uh, 
landings. You didn't, you didn't even uh, have these landings good, but they are now even worse. <laughs> so the landings, landings was very, very stressful for me also. <laughs> for me, it still happens. So I just had a vacation. I was off for 20 days. And then with coronavirus, I, I didn't have any flying for an extra like seven days after that. So I think it was close to 30 days I was off. And I go, I went back to fly a couple of days ago for the first time. And it almost feels foreign. Even when you have, I have close to 4,500 hours and it still feels that first day, that first flight, you kind of just slow down a little bit because you want to get back into that groove of flying. Maybe the feel for the aircraft might be a little bit off. It's just like, it just takes a little bit to get back into it. But after that first flight, you're usually good to go. So that feeling doesn't <laughs> always go away. You're always going to kind of have that like, all right, what are we doing here? How do we do this? But uh, you, you figure it out pretty quick. It's usually after the first or second flight, you're back to, you're ready to go. Okay. It's good to know. So, yeah. okay. It, it's normal. So yeah. I'm not. <laughs> it is definitely normal. It is it's definitely normal. normal. What would you say was the hardest part of your training? Obviously, you had splitting between training camp and training, so that was difficult. But was there anything flying-wise? Was it landing? Was it uh, tower communications? Because that was hard for me, was, was figuring out how to talk to tower. I was always so nervous. But was there anything in particular that really held you up in your training for your private pilot license? Yes, yes. Um, same landings, of course. And um, uh, radio calls also, tower communications. Because... Um, I, I didn't understand anything. <laughs> so um, I started uh, to listen to this 80s uh, online. Every time uh, i on the airport, so, so I'm driving and I, uh, not I'm sorry, not 80s, but ATC online. Uh, yeah, so every time, so I told myself how I will fly if I cannot understand what they're telling me and I cannot uh, tell them, uh, like answer them back. I have to kind of uh, figure this out. So what what was this? I started to listen to ATC online. I'm driving. I, I listen to them. Um, I'm at home doing something. I listen to them. So I started just, and every time um, we had um, kind of different situation in the air when uh, Tower said me something, I was uh, writing this down. And uh, like memorizing this, that I had to have to answer like this. <laughs> but uh, sometimes still happened uh, because of my accent. Uh, so I'm even I was on traffic pattern, and I was kind of um, asking wind check, and I said, "Can I get wind check, please?" And he's say again, and I wind check, and he's say again, uh, and we're like, "Can I have?" Wind check, <laughs> and he's, ma'am, I don't understand you. <laughs> so my my flight instructor asked him wind check, and he's okay. That <laughs> <laughs> definitely can bring up a little bit of uh, difficulty, especially when they they might not know what you're saying and it causes some kind of communication error. But I feel like he he was being a punk a little bit because I could he could probably clearly understand what you wanted in a situation. He could have used some interpolation there, but. <laughs> Was your flight instructor <laughs> laughing? Was he like dying laughing the whole time? <laughs> but, uh, you know, um, um, I kind of sometimes felt bad because of my, um, that I cannot communicate as well as other student pilots because, of, for example, I was I was flying and I listened to them um, on the radio. They were like so confident uh, with radio calls. And I was like, you know, very, very strict. No, this this word and this word and this word. I couldn't, you know, communicate like 
free, let's say, especially on uncontrolled airfield. So my instructor was telling me, okay, communicate with him, talk with him, and be like, no. <laughs> <laughs> you do it. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> talk with him, ask him uh, what, where he flying and what he wants to do. And be like, I can see him on ADSB. I can't kind of see him. But no, talk with him. And be like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. That's a good instructor, though. A good instructor finds your weaknesses and challenges you to be better. Because if you, he wasn't to do that and you always felt uncomfortable talking, then that could turn into a problem later down the road when you're flying. Wouldn't you agree? Yes, yes, exactly. And sometimes, you know, we are coming back uh, to the airport and um, I'm all stressful working with this airplane descending or something else. And then Tower sa- says me some instruction and I don't understand. And I'm like, looking at him, I didn't understand. And he just turns away from me, like, and he shows, like, he he can't listen to me. I'm on my own. And we're like, oh, okay. And I really wanted to punch him, but I couldn't because I was flying the airplane. (laughs) (laughs) You don't want to knock him out, right? (laughs) Okay, I was, um, we were in in the air, that's why I couldn't do this, so I could, I, I had to fly airplane, and once we landed, I was so happy we landed and I could figure out. So I was telling Towers, like, say again, say again, like, I don't know, three times, four times. Um, and Tower, of course, they understood that I probably student pilot who doesn't speak English like very well and um, cannot understand them. And they, on the third say again, the Tower started to speak with me. Okay, go westbound, turn right, enter left downwind runway three five left <laughs> so and i was happy i landed and could understand them and to do this on my own yeah, yeah that's a that's a big thing it's got to be a great accomplishment to realize that i did this you know i didn't need any help i didn't require or, or i need anyone to step in to make sure this flight ended safely i was able to do it that must have been really good for your confidence Yes, yes, yes. And you know, every time, that's why because flying, I'm so in love with this because every time I'm in the air, I have so much feelings of, of flying and uh, I come back and I don't know, you, you know, your soul just full of, of feelings, of excitement, of everything. And that's why I think I, I miss it when I don't fly. Yeah, it, it's weird. Flying becomes like a part of you in a way. Like it's like you need it, you know? It's like something that you need, like people need air and water. It's like to be fully happy, you need to experience flying. And it's really funny how that can happen, right? Exactly, exactly. And yeah. I think that's why uh, like uh, pilots, they're communicating with each other in good manner because you know, they are excited about the same thing, you know? Yeah, we automatically have this thing in common. Like you and I have never met before. We never talked before this. We had some DMs every once in a while, but here we are talking for 45 minutes to an hour about something that we both have in common and it's aviation. And we could talk probably for five hours about this just because (laughs) it's such a passion that all of us have in the community that I'm sure you've seen on Instagram or at airports. It's just unbelievable. And we always want people to, most of most people do, I would say, want people to succeed in this and, and want more aviators to be, to come from our conversation. So it's a, it's almost a sickness, I would say. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And I, I'm glad that I found people who I can talk to because, you know, first I was, 
uh, after my flights, I was calling mom and talk with her like two hours. <laughs> and she is just good mom and she was listening to me. But I understand she's that kind of like, uh-huh, uh-huh. Good for you, good yeah. for you. You did good. You did That's good. so funny. That is really funny. It's so, so true too. And that's why my uh, my sister actually, uh, I was also coming back home and like talking to her, sharing with her all the excitement. If I could land, finally, I, I was like, okay, I Valentina, I could land today and I did this, this, this. Or even if I, when I couldn't land, yeah, I was like, I can't land. And I was coming home and like, I, I can't land i don't know i don't know i can't land <laughs> and she's like okay antonina i think i will create an instagram for you and then you can share all your pictures and excitement about flying and everything else so she created an instagram so i can also post some something there so funny. <laughs> she's like stop talking to me about this talk to some other flying people that's so funny <laughs> Uh, exactly but you know little by little uh, she was preparing me to prepare for my check right even she didn't understand like what she asking what she, what I'm answering but she was um, asking me a question like examiner you know asking me this 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 like altitudes and everything like emergency procedures <laughs> so she's a, she's probably also prepared kind of 50% of ground now <laughs> does she have any want to be pilot all do you think or no oh probably yeah because i i think um she's um no she understands uh she's understand my excitement about flying but also other things that she's understanding um, all the studies uh, need that need to do because you know once uh, I started to prepare for check ride, I was in my floor in my room on the on the on the floor with all this book around me with all this um, paper maps with all these things and everything else and she's like oh my god <laughs> yes it's a lot what would what would you say has been the best feeling out of your career so far would it be winning a ufc fight would it be getting your private pilot license your solo for the first time or we we're just talking about where you actually were able to communicate you did everything on your own to land and your instructor completely ignored you but do you think it's possible for flying and kind of the moments you've had with flying to maybe not necessarily mean more to you, but create more excitement and more enjoyment than maybe winning a fight? Or is winning a fight still the most exciting thing? You know, you kind of cannot compare because is it, this is definitely two things like most excitement for me because you know when you go to the fight uh, it's really hard way that you have to do this training camp and trainings and diet and uh, punching and everything and when you win the fight for example it's just very very strong feeling of long hard work that you did and uh, now you kind of accomplished what you uh, what you was preparing for and it's very, very strong feelings. And you have uh, like some days, like one week or 10 days, 10 days after the fight, you're kind of very, very happy. <laughs> Let's say like this. And flying is the same. That's, I think that's why I, I'm so in love in, in this because in flying, actually, 
from every flight you coming back, you coming back with these feelings of of happiness. Sometimes, of course, of frustration about something, but <laughs> in general, of happiness. <laughs> yes, and um, of course, every step that I did on uh, during my uh, life as a student pilot, I, I don't know when I did my written test. I was happy. I was also like you know in the in heaven of happiness. I did. Because I was studying, 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 studying. And then I did this written test. Oh, my God. And my flight instructor said, okay, written test, it's kind of, you know, uh, not big deal. And me like, not big deal. I was working so much for this. <laughs> not, not big deal. I'll How tell you what's not a big not deal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. He told me it's not a big deal because check, right, is really uh, the real thing. And me like, okay, I did this. Okay, I have to prepare for my check right now. <laughs> then, of course, about... Um, uh, receiving private pilot. Oh my God, we did. After this all celebration, I celebrated with all my family. I joined all, um, not all, but uh, some flight instructors, chief instructor from from my flight schools. We went to one restaurant, Peruvian restaurant. We celebrated with them. Then I celebrated one more day. So I was so happy with my private pilot license. Really cool. Yeah, I mean, that's something to celebrate. It's an accomplishment. There's not... I mean, there's a decent amount of pilots out there, but there's not many out there. So you have a huge accomplishment and you're very impressive with everything else that you've done with fighting and everything. So to do all that together, that's really cool. And I'm sure that was just a really great moment for you. It was. And now, you know, uh, I'm looking, uh, I'm sitting in my uh, room and I'm looking on my um, piece of my short uh, from my first solo. <laughs> so it's uh, over my... Uh, hanged on my wall and uh, so I remember these feelings about my first soul it just was so scary it was so scary it's, it's so cool to, to hear that someone that has won so many things that has won won fights won championships whatever it may be uh, and you have your, your your half a shirt hung up probably in the same wall where you have trophies or medals or stuff hung up. So it's so cool to see how exciting flying is, how much it can mean to someone's life and, and how fulfilling it can be. Exactly, exactly. And, you know, um, kind of to be private pilot, it's really big accomplishment. Yes, but now you understand it's so long way to go even more. Even this IFR rating, then after the, your commercial license, I, I like. I really like also this bush plane. So I want to uh, to uh, learn flying uh, tailwheel airplanes and other thing. Uh, so um, really cool. It's about um, uh, landing on on water also. So seaplanes. It's so. A lot of stuff, a lot of studying, a lot of stud, stuff. And uh, it's never ending process, I think. That's, that's it's so, I mean, so wondering for me, so cool for me. It's just, I don't know, I want to do this everything. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, yeah. You, the aviation bug has hit you hard, that's for sure. Yeah, because of this uh, bush plants, we lived uh, some part, uh, some, some years in Peru. And sometime of of, the, of this living, we lived in uh, Amazon River jungles. It was a small village, and you know, in this uh, jungles of Amazon River, um, there is no road, so you can't uh, go there there by car. Uh, and it, it just 
some villages where you can go on these small plains who, which they can land on the water. And we lived on this village and we saw this, um, you know, river and this seaplanes flying and landing and taking off, bringing passengers, bringing food or bringing some, some stuff. Uh, and uh, I was, that time I was thinking I want to do this also because I really, really like this, um, you know, when you can land off the runway. Yeah, it's uh, it's something that's always struck my mind too of being really cool and just how aviation can connect people, can connect villages, it can bring needed supplies to very remote, remote uh, tribes, people, cities, whatever it may be. You can you can bring so many stuff and you can do so much with aviation. Uh, I have one question. It is kind of your your end goal with aviation. So, like your biggest dream with aviation would it be to to fly for an airline? Would it be to to own your own plane? To get all the ratings you can? What's kind of like your biggest dream for aviation in your career? <laughs> you know, I I think um, in my biggest biggest dream and my definite dream uh, towards I'm going to I kind of maybe didn't decide it yet um, because I know I started to talk with people and uh, they're like, Antonina, you know, you can, um, in aviation, you can go different ways. You can, uh, I have one friend whose friend is a um, pilot in Alaska and he's flying this uh, tailwheel airplane and goes, uh, you know, he's commercial pilot. He's making living, flying in Alaska, bringing us, uh, Stuff or doing some stuff uh, on these um, off-road places where he can fly. So this is the way also. But also this airplane pilot, it would be just huge, of course. <laughs> huge goal, huge, um, I don't know, huge dream and huge, uh, huge uh, something to do for me. Um, I kind of not sure. I the one thing I'm sure I want to fly and I want to my uh, my next steps are IFR rating and commercial pilot and I don't know since, since then I think I will be probably uh, I will have this probably more clear for me <laughs> just for now to explore St- stuff to explore what can I do what can I do there there take experience take my you know to become more confident and everything and then I don't know. Go we'll see. That's a good way to. That's a good mindset to have, especially when you are a private pilot. When you're still learning, you're still trying to figure out what you really love in aviation. Like you know, exactly. you love aviation, but you don't know where you want that to go. So what I recommend and tell people is just to just to say yes to as many flights as possible. Say yes to as many aviation experiences and figure out what you truly love. You don't have to be an airline pilot to have a good career. You could be a private pilot for the rest of your life. And you could fly and do what you love. You just have to figure out what that is. So I think you're on the right, you have the right mindset and you're on the right path for that. <laughs> Thanks. Yes. All, all the way there. Pretty, pretty interesting. <laughs> yeah, that's good. So with, uh, with flying and with training for fights, they're both kind of very demanding in their own different ways. Would you, have you learned anything from each one that you're able to apply? Like maybe like your hard work and determination to train for a fight. Did that really help you in your aviation training? And did you ever find it, learn anything while you're training aviation that could help you out when you were uh, training for a fight? Did they, they have any parallels at all? Oh, yes, exactly. It's um, uh, because, you know, for aviation, um, it was uh, 
the time when I was very upset with landings and everything and I couldn't land the airplane and being a athlete all my life I understand that uh, it's just working and we studied also it's just working it seems endless like no end there is no end of everything but as a professional athlete, I understand little by little, little by little. So uh, one day, you know, for me uh, to understand all this um, airplane system, like engines and stuff, was very difficult. And one day I, st- I said to myself, like, Antonina, you don't look now, no YouTube, no social media, nothing. If you own your, uh, if you open your phone, you open this just for YouTube to look to look up something about engine, about, I don't know, uh, like um, electric system or something like this. Nothing besides besides it. And so I kind of understood that if I don't do this, I have to do this. I have to study and keep going. And this has helped me in aviation, I don't know, to receive at least to receive my private pilot. But um, also I understood when I was... um, when I had this training, uh, hard trainings, and after hard training, I was doing flying. And at some point, I understood that probably for flying, uh, sometimes in the training in martial arts, you have to push yourself. If you're tired, it doesn't matter. Nobody cares you're tired. You push yourself and do what you have to do. In aviation, it's something different. Sometimes it's not good thing to push yourself if you are tired and you you are like really feels you know tired and stressful and everything you don't have to push yourself to go flying <laughs> because i think it's aviation it's just um you know in martial arts the the worst thing that ha- can happen to you on the sparring you get punched you you feel bad you like you feel pain but it's the worst, you know. But in flying, once you take off, oh, there is no way back, you know. <laughs> yeah, you have to, you have to have the <laughs> mindset to land. It's just the land. So if you are tired, if you are like exhausted, if you are in bad mood and you're kind of stressful, it would not be good for you. It, so it showed me, the airplane showed me that my landings will, will not be good and the flying itself will not be good. <laughs> so sometimes I understood in aviation, maybe not to push like this. <laughs> it is a very important thing to learn. And a lot of people don't learn that until later in their career. So the, the sooner you learn that, the better. So you're that having that mindset going into every single flight is going gonna, is gonna to save your life. I mean, being able to say no is one of the most important and best decisions you can possibly say. Be like, you know what? I'm just not feeling it today. I'm not, I'm just going to go. I'm not going to fly. That can be one of the, the smartest decisions you ever make in your aviation career. Yes, but the, the difficult thing, I have to divide this, you know, because for aviation, they think. But for mar- martial arts, I can't say like this. So the, I can't have mind like this. For martial arts, I just thought, nobody cares you're tired. Go and do this. <laughs> yeah, like, you're tired. Good for you. Get in the fight. We're going to fight right now. <laughs> exactly. When you, uh, this, I don't know if this relates, but so before you go to fight, so you're fighting in two weeks and on the day of the fight, you have probably some nerves, like it's just natural to have nerves. Would you say you were more nervous for your private pilot check ride or for a fight? Um, you know, it was same 
I would say it was same um, feeling on my check ride and before the fight because before the fight you you have nervous but you can't allow yourself to be nervous you can you have to manage your nervous because if you just nervous 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 nothing good happens in the fight it doesn't help you you're ner- you're nervous it doesn't help you so what is helping you just control yourself to be a little bit nervous it's good it uh, it it puts you in kind of um in shape you're not relaxed you know you kind of okay you're okay in shape and um but you control yourself and the same was for check ride so the 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 worst than check ride was um my um, uh what is um mock check ride so in flight school with um, chief instructor we did uh Mock check right. For the mock check right, I was very nervous. <laughs> but um, you know, I'm glad we did this mock check right because I kind of understood what is happening, what is what is requirements, what 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 is procedure. And uh, once we did this, and I did this two times actually, my ground, especially my ground ground part, I did this twice because first time was not good, so I did second time. I studied and did second time, and. Um, for real check right, I already understood. Okay, nervous. I was nervous, but uh, you have to control yourself because you know it doesn't help you if you are nervous. You will do what 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 you can do. You know, it was kind of like this, and it was good day on check right. Even it was Friday thirteen. <laughs> was it really? Oh my gosh, that adds a little bit Friday more nerve 13th. to the day, right? <laughs> So I I kind of noticed this and some things uh, happened, like, you know, my sunglasses. I was studying very good sunglasses. I bought them in Thailand. I was like uh, choosing them very, very long time because I wanted for my uh, for my flights. I wanted to my sunglasses to to be to look cool because I want to be uh, look to look cool on pictures. Yeah, absolutely. Gotta look good for Instagram, right? Yeah. (laughs) And they have to be uh, comfortable also. So I was choosing very long time. I bought my sunglasses, very expensive. I studied all my student pilot with these sunglasses. And you, can you imagine? We did on check right, uh, we did all our ground stuff, uh, ground part. And we went to airplane and I'm already all set, seat belts on, uh, everything else, and prior to start the engine, I I took out my sunglasses, and it was broken. No, <laughs> <laughs> and me like in in my for one second, I thought, okay, Friday thirteen, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I'm really grateful to my examiner because he gave me his sunglasses. Oh, that's awesome. And, uh, Yes, it was awesome and I did good. <laughs> it's really funny how something so you wouldn't think that sunglasses would really affect like a check ride or your mentality, but when you're flying and, and being a pilot, and it might be the same when you're in a fight, you want things to be the same. You want to have to feel comfortable. And what makes you most comfortable is having those sunglasses on, is having a right headset, wearing a watch, like whatever mm-hmm. it is. But as soon as you don't have that, like your mind just like, I don't have my sunglasses, I don't have my sunglasses. And then like you just can't think you don't you're not as good of a pilot as you would be if you had those sunglasses, which is really it's weird that that happens isn't it exactly because it was you know 
nothing happened. They they was in very hard um, bag. So I don't know how, how it happened. They, they broke. And um, this part um, of the year, no clouds, sun very bright. And, and it's just straight into your eyes sometimes. And it's very, can, uh, can be bad without sunglasses. And um, the good thing that, that helped me about the, from my martial arts career for being professional athlete, you know, going into the fight, you also encounter some stuff, you know, um, something missed, something not, not, not right, but you understand, okay, this is not right. I can do it without this. This is like, for example, your weight or your diet, or you, you didn't have some supplement on, on this time, on this right time for you when you have to have it. You don't have it. Okay. You think, okay, I can do my fight and I could, can do my good performance even without this. Okay. It will be harder, but I can do this. And it helped me exactly uh, the same for the check, right? So I thought, okay, I can, I don't have my sunglasses. Sun will be shining straight in, into my eyes, but I will win. Let's do it. Yeah. We'll figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> yes. But the good thing is this examiner gave me his sunglasses. So, so I, cool. I, I didn't, I didn't have to do this. And so I did. Okay. Yeah. It's one thing that's certain in pretty much anyone's life, whether it is in a sport, whether it's in flying, whether it's just in your job is you're going to face adversity and the adversity might be different depending on who you are. It could be something that's really, really crazy serious, or it could be as, as just someone not having the sunglasses that they want to wear on a check ride. But it, what makes you a, a better fighter, a better person, a better, uh, a better pilot is how you handle adversity and what you do when things don't go right. Because Obviously, things aren't always going to go right. I'm sure there's been times in a fight you're like, oh, crap, this is not going the way I wanted it, but you figured exactly. out how to fix it. And that's the same thing when you're flying an airplane. Things are going to happen where you, that you don't necessarily want them to happen, but you have to take that adversity in, not let that overtake you, and then figure out how to fix it and get the flight done, get the job done. Same way in a fight. You have to figure out how to win, how to win this flight. Exactly, exactly. And only one thing that I was thinking... I have to pass this check, right? I have to receive my private pilot certificate. And, you know, now I remember one of interesting things that happened when already we did all maneuvers and check, right? And we were coming back to, uh, coming back to, to the airport and I was already landing to my final landing in, to, for full stop and just taxi to parking. And I was landing and Coyotes appeared on runway. They, oh appear, <laughs> they appear sometimes on um, uh, early morning or late part of the day. Uh, they appear, and I'm flying, and I see because I'm flying and looking airspeed, everything, everything, and I'm already close to runway. Look to the runway, coyotes, and like, oh my god, coyotes on runway, go around. <laughs> That's Friday the Thirteenth, man. You had uh, coyotes. You had no sunglasses. It's uh, oh, definitely Friday I, I the Thirteenth. <laughs> I had things. Yes, really, I had things. I, I'm very glad that I had this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you made the right decisions because you passed your check ride, right? So it all worked yes. out. Yeah. That's exactly. so cool. Uh, yeah. I don't want to take too much of your time. I have one section left, which is just a rapid fire section and just a couple of aviation questions where I, uh, you just answer kind of the quickest answer you have. If you have an answer, you don't have to, no big deal. But, um, 
I want to say before we do that, that I'm very thankful for you coming on the podcast. It's been a pleasure to talk with you and hear your story and just see how much you love aviation. It's like contagious how much you love aviation. It brings me back to when I was first flying and really loved aviation. So I think a lot of people are going to listen to this and they're going to hear you and just hear how much you love it and just fall even more in love with this, this great career that we can have. And it doesn't matter if you do it as a hobby. If you are an MMA fighter fighting in the UFC, you can still be a pilot and you can still enjoy this amazing career and we can just all get along and fly airplanes. It's pretty cool stuff. So I'm really thankful for you coming on and sharing your story. I think it's be very impactful for a lot of people. <laughs> Thank you for you too. I um, I was really also glad to to speak with you. You know, but uh, had this um, one hour or, or minutes um, uh, like sharing and talking about aviation. Just great time. I can. I can speak about for about it like forever. I know we can do this forever, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, I have a couple questions for you. So these are just going to be the quickest answers you can come up with, and you can take as much time as you want. Don't worry; it doesn't have to be really okh- fast. Okay. But um, mm-hmm. they're all aviation-based questions, so it's going to be uh, just aviation. You just give me your honest thoughts and what comes to your mind first. Okay. All right. What is your overall favorite airplane? It can be an airliner, it can be a corporate jet, or it can be a small plane. Oh, uh, you know, for now it's uh, Cessna one seventy two. <laughs> so um, it's the airplane I'm flying, the airplane that I uh, uh, passed my check right and uh, I own actually. Oh, cool! So, yes, I, awesome. I'm in love with in Cessna one seventy two. It's a good plane. It's a good plane to buy too. Yes. What is something you wish you knew before you became a pilot? <sighs> okay. Um, Sometimes you can see this advertisement. Do you want to be a pilot? Just like, just do this. You um, like kind of 40 hours of flights and you will have your private pilot license. (laughs) So it's not true. (laughs) It (laughs) It doesn't work like this. Not at all. It's not true. Yeah. So um, I don't think it would change something if I knew it would be a lot of harder, harder, harder and studying. It wouldn't change anything, but um, I think uh, it's better for people to know that it's long, long, hard way to go. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. And one thing I think is important too is to don't get down on yourself if it takes you longer than 40 hours. Like if it takes you 100 hours to get your license, like that's okay. You're still a pilot and you're still a good pilot. There's no difference between your skill, between someone at 100 hours and 40 hours. You're still a pilot, you know? Yes. Yes, I agree. <laughs> All right. Here's another one for you. Who is someone in the industry? So it could be someone from Instagram. It could be uh, just someone you've always looked up to in aviation uh, that you would like to meet most if you could. Rod Machado. There you go. I like it. Well, you, you know, because uh, he's martial artist also. Oh, no way. He had, uh, yes, he has a black belt in Taekwondo. That's so and, cool. Uh, yes. And um, actually... He was a uh, guest in first UFC event ever. He no was, way. Yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> That's so cool. I, I was uh, I was uh, reading his um, biography, and um, you know, he he writes books not the way to like study, 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 but he kind of um, motivate you to study. Because, you know, uh, other book with what I have from him, instrument flying book. So for my IFR rating. And on the first page of 
describing and saying words to to our to us readers. He says, "So I far rating for uh, for a pilot. It's the same like black belt for martial artist. Can you imagine these words for me? I'm like, okay, black belt." Uh, for pilots, it's IFR. So I definitely have to receive now IFR. I have to receive my black belt for private for pilot. <laughs> That's so funny. And it's so true. He, he finally probably took, told it to you in a way that you could really understand and make your brain and go, all right, I need that now. Like that's, <laughs> I want to be the black belt. I got to get it. Exactly. Yeah. That's funny. I, um, I want to say this. I have to ask my dad for sure, but I'm almost positive that he was my dad's teacher when he was in school, Rod Machado. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So I'm almost positive. I'll tell you, I just texted him to see if it actually was, but I'm pretty sure he was his teacher. He went, he taught at Ohio State from what I remember. I could be completely wrong and people will be getting mad at me, but I'm almost positive that's who it was. That's really funny. We'll have to try to make that meetup happen. Oh, it's just so great because I, I, I would go any place in U.S. if he teach, like for now, if he would teach. But I think he is not teaching already. But if he would have, if he had a, like school or something, I would go there for some some time to study with him. That's cool. Well, hey, if anyone's listening to this and they know Rod Machado and they can make it happen, <laughs> we got to make it happen. The aviation community has to come together right now and make this happen. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. I have another question. I have a couple more questions for you. What is your favorite overall thing about aviation? If you could just choose one thing about aviation, what would your favorite be? Like, think like, like what? Uh, so like uh, just the freedom of flight, just uh, the community, the people, you know, the smells, the feeling it gives you when you land and the happiness it can bring in your life. What would you say would be your favorite emotion I that th- flying brings you? I, th- I think the views from when, when the views when you're flying, when you can see mountains, rivers, uh, villages, cities, cars, you know, when they are passing on, on freeway, uh, lakes. Uh, I think this view, this amazing views. Would you rather fly one very, very long flight or a couple of short flights in one day? A couple short flights. <laughs> like that. All right, here's one. Let's say you are at an airport. You uh, Maybe you're commuting to a, fl- a fight. I don't know, but you have a connection flight or you're landing, but you're starving. Yeah, diet's not an issue. You can eat whatever you want. You have to get okay. some airport food. What is your go-to airport food on a connecting flight or just at an airport in general? Oh, if I'm not on diet, yeah. I would definitely buy chocolates. Okay, there you go. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> All chocolates that I can find, That's I would funny. definitely buy because uh, I'm pretty much time on diet and I can't afford this. I can't uh, like let myself to eat them. But so when I'm not on diet, I will definitely do it. Get the chocolate, yeah, I like <laughs> it. Chocolate. That's a good answer, I like it. All right, here, would you rather fly over mountains, beaches, or cities? Oh, I, I I cannot choose, you know, all because all, all of them, yeah, exactly. That works. I like it. Uh, I have another one. What is the biggest win of your career so far? So it could be getting your private pilot license. It could be your first solo. It could be winning your first UFC fight. What would you say overall in your whole career? What's like the number one moment? I can't say because, you know, my first world title, it was it's a huge uh, deal. But I, I had after like uh, eleven world titles. Every one of them, it's it's an accomplishment that very very uh, 
important for me. And of course, every fight in UFC now is important to me because I'm I'm going towards this championship also. But about my first solo, my private pilot license, it it would be the same. They are all all very important and very huge for me and had very 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 good impact yeah. huge impact in my life what about a regret do you have a big like the biggest regret of your career in one day or one fight or one flight that you could take back and do differently mm, yes um i would say um in my martial artist career i had this i have this more than aviation because in aviation i i'm i'm still new i'm still like learning i'm still private pilot who is um who is discovering aviation. Um, so in martial arts, so I'm already world champion and everything. So I had more, much more time to have fights that I could regret and <laughs> could Take spend them, them different, yeah. <laughs> different way. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, we all, we all have our own flights, fights, whatever it may be, sports or just personal moments that might be something we'd be like, dang, I wish I had that back. <laughs> <laughs> Um, what about your, your favorite airport you've ever landed at? Do you have one or one that you um, enjoy most? Maybe it's the first landing you had. Maybe it's, uh, the first airport you landed at or the one where you got your check ride done at. Uh, yes. I, I think it would be my home airport where I spent my first, um, solo, my, of course my check ride. And I'm always happy to land there because this means I'm home. Um, let's see. I have uh, one, um, two more. What is your favorite airline? So say you're, you're traveling. What, what's your airline of choice that you'd like to fly on? Okay. If it's international, it would be a Korean airline. Uh, because they, I know this. Uh, I love this service and everything. A- airplanes, of course. Uh, everything uh, like up to date, everything new, screens and seats, and especially uh, flight attendants. Very neat, very beautiful, very nice. And they have some, uh, you know, this they, their uniform, not just uniform, but something beautiful uh, in their hair, or in their, like, I don't know, something beautiful. They are very, very, very neat, very stylish. So the Korean Airlines, and uh, if it's uh, American domestic, I would say uh, Southwest because you know we're traveling always with bunch of bags with us, and Southwest like two checked in bags free. That's awesome! Yeah, come on, bring it on, <laughs> pack them in, let's go. Yes, <laughs> that's so funny. It's so cool. Yeah, it's funny what like the differences and and why you like that. It's because of the check bags, it's not because of the brand new seats, or because Southwest probably doesn't have the brand new seats that. Korean air might have, you know? Korean, it's just um, very best for international flights. Um, we um, um, very uh, a lot of time t- travel to Thailand and back. Uh, and we try to use Korean because it's uh, just from Las Vegas, Seoul, Seoul, Phuket. And um, it's just very comfortable flight. Yeah. I would. I mean, I haven't flown that flight before. I've only done a couple of international flights, and I was able to go on American to Beijing and back. So that was a lot of fun. Got to fly okay. in business class. It was pretty nice. Oh, business <laughs> class, it's uh, it's fun. Yeah, business class, <laughs> fun anywhere, most likely. But yeah, last one I have for you is: uh, what's your favorite airline livery uh, paint job, paint scheme? Uh, would it be Korean Air? Would it be um, maybe an American airline, or what would it be? 
Uh, I didn't understand airline what? Uh, paint job. So uh, do you have like a favorite uh, paint scheme on an airplane that you like the most? Ah, the paint of, yeah. of the air. Ah, okay. Mm. They're all beautiful. There you go. <laughs> That's a good answer. I like it. <laughs> they all be- look works. beautiful. <laughs> I I looked at one video where then was explained why, why they paint airplanes like mostly white, mm-hmm. but sometimes not white. So yeah, it's interesting. They, they, they're beautiful, yeah, because yeah. they they have nice paint. Airplanes they have beautiful all four of them. I agree. I, well, there's one airplane I don't like, but yes, mostly I agree. But yeah, Antonina, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate it. It was a lot of fun to talk to you and uh, tell your story. I look forward to this coming out and people hearing your story and good luck in your fight and the rest of training camp. Uh, thank you so much. Thank no you, problem. Justin. I had a very great time yeah, talking well, with you. We'll have to do it again. Aviation, that is a wrap of episode 121 of the Pilot the Pilot podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave us a review on iTunes. Check out our website, pilotthepilothq.com. If you'd like to support the show, you can go ahead and go to our Patreon page, patreon.com slash pilot. You go to our buy me a coffee link where you can just buy us a coffee. One, one person bought 15 coffees for us. So we go, we enjoy coffee and we drink a lot of coffee when we're doing this. But uh, yeah, if you'd like to support that, you can also check out our swag shop. We have some hats and shirts that you can check out there as well. Just shipped out, I think it was like 40 hats so if you want to order them there might not be any left by now but go check it out shoppilottopilot.com but aviation that is all for today i hope you all are having a great day and as always happy flying